0: Welcome to the Temple of Glory Community Church, where the word of God is never compromised. At this time, our pastor, Bishop Matthew Odom Sr., will deliver the message for the people of God. Set up your time. Let's, let's look for 20 minutes. <laughs> Y'all know better, don't you? Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. In the fifth chapter, <clears throat> I'm going to begin reading in um, the, uh, the 11th verse where a sentence is already in, in progress. And I know from uh, a grammatical perspective uh, that's poor. But maybe when we're done, you'll understand why we started there. Uh, Begin with the word of. And I know this feels funny because it's not the beginning of a sentence. But it says, of whom we have much to say. He's talking about the order of Melchizedek. Of whom we have much to say and hard to explain. Since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Hmm. Let's let's talk for a few moments. We'll we'll talk until about uh, ten after seven. And wherever we are, we'll cut it loose. The marks of spiritual immaturity. The marks, a type of gauge, if you would, of, of, of spiritual immaturity, our lack of maturity. Now, when you read this chapter in its entirety, and I trust that you will, it will become quite apparent to you that at this juncture in the reading, the Hebrew writer <clears throat> suddenly recognizes that uh, he needs to he needs to slow it down why because all of a sudden it comes to him that the readers are unable to receive what's being taught Amen. now you know what's crazy everything that i said a moment ago i had not tied that to this but but it it matches perfectly talking about this next generation, uh, there's some things that will probably rub you the wrong way. For instance, while they may not share your passion uh, as far as enthusiastic worship, they can be taught that. But while they might not share it, many, many of our, our younger people uh, are, are hungrier than those of us who've been in church for a long time. They're hungry. They, 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 want, they, they, they want more. There's an energy there, but that energy is, is not released so much by shouting and yelling and screaming. But they have a hunger uh, of knowledge, which the Bible says is a good thing. The problem is not that the teacher or the preacher or the pastor is dull. The problem that the writer faces or he recognizes uh, in the passages that we, that we read is that the, the hearers are dull. And when I, when I say that they're dull, what, what, what he means is that they're, they're not dull as if I don't want to be around you. They're, they're dull in that they've lost their edge in wanting to learn. One of the great, great dangers, Ernestine, that we face is trying to live today on yesterday's knowledge. Deacon Smith, every now and then we have to go back and take some refresher courses. Come on, y'all. Every now and then you have to go. I heard somebody say, you got to go back to the well. Because we're under the impression that what we picked up in the 70s uh, is going to carry us. And what we, what we picked up is good, but, but, but the, the, there's always room for more. The word trans, uh, dull is translated in verse 11. That same word in verse twelve is translated as sloth, slothful, a sloth. S L O. it's one of you ever seen a sloth? Slow moving. It refers to a condition of spiritual apathy and laziness that prevents spiritual development. What then are the marks of spiritual immaturity? First of all. Brother Pinckney, can we accept the fact, not this Pinckney, but that Pinckney. Can we accept the fact that we're not as sharp as we need to be? Can, 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 is, is that all right? Because some folk even take offense to that. Can we accept, can we embrace the fact that there's, there's still some learning? We can still pick up on stuff. And, 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 and can we learn from those that are younger than us? Can, can we learn from those that, you know, everybody doesn't want to know about your experiences. Even though you've had experiences, there's still stuff you don't know. Look at verse 11. So of whom we have much, this is the teacher talking, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. Dullness towards the word. Now you may not, you may not gravitate to this, but this is some powerful stuff tonight. And I'm not saying this because I'm up here. The man or the woman that gets sleepy Time they get in church. This applies. This applies. These believers started on their backward journey. The first thing they did, and I'm in the book of Hebrews, Shay, is that they drifted from the word. In Hebrews 2, verses 1 through 4, uh, you get a chance, you go read that. You will find out that they, 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 entered into a problem because they began to drip. And it is it is just like it sounds. Those of you that know anything about being in the water, if you've ever been on a boat, and if you don't anchor that boat, that boat when the current comes and the tide begins to move, that boat is gonna drift, And you can start out in one place and in three minutes you can be way back over there in the back somewhere. What's happened? You drift. And see, when you, when you begin to drift, mother, from the word of God, you, you're setting yourself up to become dull. Amen. Amen. Beth, when we stay close to God, the, 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 the Hebrew writer said, God's word is like a two-edged sword, and it cuts. And in order for a really good sword or a knife to cut, it's got to be sharp. It's got ain't nothing worse than trying to cut with a dull blade. And when we are dull, when it comes to the word of God, we ain't trying to hear what. When, when we're dull to the word, the excuse that we use is we put it on the preacher or the teacher. The first thing is that there is a drifting. The second thing is that there is a doubting of the word. One, a drifting from the word to a doubting of the word. Hebrews chapter 3, verse uh, three and seven through four and 13 talks about doubting what God has said. That's what we were talking about today at 12 o'clock. If God has said a thing, you ought to be able to take it at face value. God's word is infallible. God makes no mistakes. He is sovereign. When he speaks a thing, that's it, baby. There's nothing else. But when we are not where we need to be, when we begin to drift, we begin to doubt. When we, that, that, that's kind of cool. When we begin to drift, we begin to doubt. Yeah. When we begin to drift, we stop coming to church. Watch this, Andrew. When 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 you're sharp, when you're sharp and you got that remote in your hand and you get in that little section of your television plan where the where the Christian programming is, you want to hear who's preaching. Oh man. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me see what Rob Parsley talking about today. Click, let me let me see what Craft let Click. Let, let me see what Dr. Tony Evans. Click. Let me, you want to hear some word. But when you start drifting, psh, 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 go right on by. All of a sudden, it, it, it doesn't have the interest to you that it once did. You go right by TD Jakes and go watch Andy, Barney, Aunt B. Come on, y'all! Oh, y'all, y'all ain't y'all ain't got what, What's that station? TV Land, my TV. Amen. Amen. You, you, you pass. You pass by. You pass by some solid word to go to Petticoat Junction. Yeah, you will. I've done it. I, why? Cause i, I, I drifted. Y'all, y'all, y'all ain't feeling. You see, I'm not saying you're a bad person. There are times when you will go through certain periods and seasons in your life. Sometimes it's depression. Sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's frustration. Sometimes you're a little disenchanted with God because he didn't move the way you thought he should move. And and this is your way of showing your rebellion. You pass right by. I don't even want to hear Jake's today. Jake's gets on my last nerve. And you leave Jake's and go to MASH. You leave Creflo and you go watch the Beverly Hills You leave what could help you to something that's a phantasm. First, first you drift, then you doubt. As a result, because of the drifting and the doubting, now they're dull. Again, they're dull meaning they're, they're spiritual blades. Are not what they used to be. And when you're dull. It's difficult for you. To listen to the word. Amen. Receive it. And apply it. Amen. When you're dull. There's always an excuse. When you're dull. There's always an alibi. I'm, t- I'm talking. I'm talking about all of us. From From. I like that shirt. I like that shirt chef. I like that shirt. When you're dull, when you're dull, you allow things to get the better of you. When you're dull, you're, allow- you're allowing people to get up under your skin. When you're strong in the word, there's some of the stuff folks say and do, you shake it off and keep going. But when you're not where you need to be in the word, what they said three weeks ago, you would have shrugged it off. Now you're walking around. That thing, that that heifer hurt me. I don't like this, and I don't like this, that, and other. When you're not where you need to be, when you are dull, you can't fight the good fight of faith. I wish I had some help. One of the first symptoms of spiritual regression or backsliding is a dullness towards the Bible. Sunday school class. As evidenced by us now, folk don't come, we got to beg folk to come to Bible Sunday. We got to beg folk to come to Sunday school. We come to church oftentimes out of ritual. We come to church because it's a part, well, uh, let me go to church, get this out the way. And that shouldn't, be the, that shouldn't be the mindset that you enter into the sanctuary with. Man, you ought to come in here with expectancy. You ought to come in here excited, first of all, about what God has already done. And because you were there and you witnessed what he's already done, that ought to get you fired up for the next go-round. You ought to come into church realizing, you know what, I'm going to get me a little word because I, I know God's got something, watch this, God's got something specifically for me can i get a witness anybody 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 in a relationship with the lord right now so much so until you know when god speaks he's talking to you there might be 800 a thousand of us in here but god's talking directly to me god's got a word expressly for me and I want to be in position I want to be in the posture that I can receive what he's saying God knows what I'm dealing with on my job. God knows what I'm dealing with in my body. God knows what I'm dealing with in my finances God knows what I'm dealing with with my crazy kids. He knows what I'm dealing with with my finicky husband and my sometime wife. He knows all of that stuff so when I go to his house I'm going with the expectation that there is a word in the house for me. I want it. I want to hear it. I want to receive it and I can't wait to apply it to my life. (laughs) Give God a praise if I'm talking to you. (laughs) Look at verse 12. It says, for though by this time You ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. Hmm. An inability to share. An inability. Glad you could join us, Sister Johnny May. An inability to share. The ability to share spiritual truth with others is a mark of maturity. Not all Christians have the gift of teaching, Deacon Platt's, but all can share what they learn from the word. One of the hardest lessons, and again, we're talking about immaturity. One of the hardest lessons children must learn is the lesson of sharing. That's mine. That's mine. That child, that child can be there playing, and that truck was sitting there for the last 20 minutes. And that child didn't look at wasn't thinking about it, didn't want to be bothered with that truck. But then here comes another child and goes to pick up that truck. And all of a sudden, ah, well, what's wrong with you? He got my truck. A truck, you weren't even paying attention to the recipients of this letter. The Hebrews had been saved long enough now to be able to share. Share, look at somebody and tell them we need to share. What, 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 what is Bishop talking about? Have you learned, Netta, how to share your testimony? Have you learned how to share what you've been through and what you've come out of? Have you learned how to encourage somebody else by sharing with them some of the trials you've gone through and how God moved in your behalf? Have you learned how to share what word? I don't care how elementary it is, what little bit you learn. You ought to be willing to share with somebody else. You don't have to be selfish about your blessings. You don't have to be selfish about your healing. You don't have to be selfish about what God did in your house because when you share it with someone else you expose them to a world that perhaps they weren't aware of but when you share it then they can see well God did it for Margaret then I know he maybe just do it for me. He shared it over here and he shared it over there but you're walking around trying to keep all of the stuff to yourself. You're so selfish. 21st century Christians. Some of us are so tight-warded with our blessings and with our testimony and with our walk with God sometimes folk will come and sit on a pew next to us and because we don't know them we'll give them the cold shoulder you don't even want to share a pew you don't even want to share a handshake you don't even want to share a high five look at somebody and 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 when you can see that God is speaking to them in the word and you know what he's already done to them or done for you initiate the high 5 Let somebody know, you know what? Pastor ain't up there just preaching to hear himself. I've been through that. I've seen that happen. I've witnessed that. I know God can do it because he did it for me. Bless the Lord. Oh, my, let me share this with you. You see, when you share, you help others grow. When you share, you help others to develop. You help others to mature. Mm. These Hebrew Christians were in need. Instead of being able to teach, they still needed to be taught. And what the writer says is, y'all been at this long enough now. Y'all should be teaching other folk how to get ahead. But, but, but the way you act lets me know you need to be back in class. It's almost as if they were experiencing a second childhood. I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. It's 7 o'clock. Verses 12b and 13. 12b uh, says, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. For he is a babe." I like this. A baby food diet. Amen. There you are. With your alligator shoes and your four, five, six hundred dollar suit and your crocodile belt, dressed to the nine, and spiritually, your own Gerber. Amen. Amen. Milk. Milk is a pre-digested food. It's a pre-digested, did you know that? Milk is a pre-digested food. And it is specifically suited to babies. Why? Because babies aren't capable yet of digesting. So give them something that's been pre-digested. It's easier to go down. Only those who have teeth, Eat meat. Look at your neighbor and ask your neighbor, neighbor, you got any teeth? Doesn't matter if you bought them. If you got teeth, you got teeth, that you can eat some meat. You, you got teeth, you can eat some meat. The writer defines the milk as the first principles. I'm gonna let you go of the oracles of God. Please, please hear this. This is important. Milk is defined as the first principles. Of the oracles of God. The meat of the word. Is the teaching about our Lord's ministry. Now. The ministry. That's being carried out. In heaven. For he. Being. The high priest. The writer wanted to give this meat to them. But they weren't ready for it. Break it down. The milk refers to what Jesus did on earth. His birth, his life, his teaching, his miracles, his healing, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That's milk. That's milk. And sometimes we want folk to think we're so deep. Anytime you're dealing with the biographical snapshots of Jesus, that's milk. We'll shout with you, but that's milk. Oh, I'm about to go somewhere. Milk is good to raise the the level of enthusiasm and emotion and excitement. But it's milk. Folk, if you stand up and you get to preaching and Eric, get in that right key, we're gonna get it one of these days. Get in that right key, and everybody's happy and praising God and shouting and caring. Oh Lord, and and, and if I'm if I'm where I need to be and, 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 and you're feeling good, we'll all leave here happy. And we'll all leave here full of milk. Amen. And if I get real fancy, it becomes chocolate milk. Or strawberry milk. Or milkshake. Or whatever. But it's milk. Anytime we're dealing with the works, the ministry, the life of Christ in the earth, that's milk. He died, milk. He healed uh, the the man with the the, the, the withered hand, that's milk. He fed 5,000 over here and 4,000 over there, that's milk. Woman was bent over, he let her stand up after 18 years, that's milk. Woman came and touched the hem of his garment, sounds good. It's deep and ain't nothing wrong with it, but it's milk. Sometime in the middle of the night, I'll wake up. I don't sleep like I used to. Go down to the kitchen. Ain't nothing better than a cold glass. Two Oreos. Just two. Just two. Just two. Just two. Uh-uh, uh Just two. I know you're tempted. Rebuke that spirit. You get two. Two Oreos and some cold milk. Woo! Lord, I thank you. It, it is all right. That's, that's all right. But it's milk. Ain't nothing wrong with milk. Come on, look at somebody telling me ain't nothing wrong with milk now. But our thing is we can't be satisfied with milk. Because if you want to walk into the deeper things of God, and I'm, I'm, I'm five more minutes, Dad, five more minutes. If you want to walk into the deeper things of God, if you really want to come to appreciate what we were talking about Sunday gone, a discernment and being able to interpret and recognize spirits and demons and things that are going on in the invisible realm, you need more than milk. If you want to fight, really fight in spiritual warfare, you need more than milk. When the devil has sent four or five demons at you and they've got dibs on you and they're plotting and scheming on you, you need a little bit more than he died and, and, and the third day morning he got up again. You need to know how to be able to combat these assailants. You need to know how to come against these dem- demons and, and watch this. You cannot come against anything spiritual in the flesh. And that's where we get bogged down because so many times we're trying to fight spiritual entities with with fleshly tactics. And we may do things and it makes us feel good, but all we're doing is exercising our senses. You want to fight, you want to fight the enemy, you got you got to move up to a higher place. The meat of the word is the teaching about our Lord's ministry now in heaven as our high priest. The writer wanted to give this meat to them, but they weren't ready. Milk refers to what Jesus did. Meat refers to what Jesus is doing. I'll say it again. Milk refers to what he's done. Meat, what he's doing at this moment, yeah. Because see, everything, when G, how many of you have heard the expression, blah, 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 the finished work of Christ. The finished work of Christ was when he put the lid on the milk. When he said it is finished, that meant that the milk was done. Nowadays, nowadays, when you talk about the meat, the meat is what we must have to grow in the Christian life on the basis, and I'm not contradicting myself, of the unfinished work in heaven. Well, how can you say that? Well, if it was finished, he wouldn't be coming back now, would he? If he was finished, there'd be no rapture, would there? If, there were, if, if, if it was finished, there'd be no need for the book of Revelation. If he was finished, there would be no need for prophecies to be completed and fulfilled and manifested. So, what's going on? In my conclusion, see, I'm closing my Bible. See y'all? John, I'm closing. In my conclusion, here's what you gotta get. Here's what you gotta see. Here's what you gotta understand. Satan is defeated. Now, now, now that's, that's shouting ground right there. Look, you know what? I ain't going to do this by myself. Look at somebody and tell them, the devil is a defeated enemy. He is. He's defeated. He's already lost. I'm trying to help somebody here. He has already, Andrea, he has already lost. He has already lost. But watch this. He's a sore loser. He's already lost but his thing now is since I've already lost I want to try to take out as many of these quote-unquote believers as I can and if I can mess your head up to make you question your master if I can cause you to doubt him, if I can cause you to second guess him, if I can cause you to make you feel bad about your choices. You see, when you're trying to live for the Lord and things aren't going your way and you look over at Ed and, 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 and he's doing hypothetically doing what he wants to do and he's not calling on God and he's not serving the Lord if you aren't where you need to be if you ain't got no teeth in your mouth then you're not eating enough meat to keep you to uh, uh, where you can stand and say so, you know what I'm going through something but I'm going to stand on the promises of God I don't know why I'm struggling with this but I trust God over my circumstances I trust God over the way that I've been treated I trust God over my situations. I'm gonna trust God over the aches and pains that keep coming against my body. My God, I just went to the doctor for one thing and I gotta turn around and it's something else. And 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 where is God when I look across the street at my dopes? selling neighbor who doesn't seem to have a care in the world. The devil is trying to convince you to renege on your relationship with God. But that's when you go back to Job, and you can hear Job tell his old lady, naked came I into this world, and naked shall I return the Lord. Give it, and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name. Look at somebody and tell them nothing can turn me around. At all, the- oh, I've got teeth in my mouth. I, I got teeth. I'm chewing. I'm chewing. I'm chewing. I'm 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 chewing up some word. I'm 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 digesting it because I- my body is able now. I've been through enough stuff, and I'm being condition the muscles in my spiritual stomach are tightening up and things I used to couldn't deal with I can handle now I can laugh at the devil because five years ago he would have broken me but today all you're doing is making me praise God more receive Deacon Jackson as he comes to close us out please like, share, and subscribe to this message. Thank you so much for listening in to the Temple of Glory podcast. I know the word have been a blessing to you. We'll see you again soon.